So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast, episode 50 for April 17th, 2016. My name is Nathan Reet and joining me this week is Andrew Aroa McFain. I am here this week. Yeah. Uh, so what games have you been playing, uh, Andrew Aroa McFain? Um, well, um, I tried playing some of Senran Kagura. I have no idea uh-huh. what that is. That's, um, it's kind of like a Dynasty Warriors-esque game, but there's also, like, one-on-one fighting a lot. Oh, okay. Um, And all the characters are cute anime girls with giant bouncy boobs. Oh, goody. Um, Except some of them don't have big boobs. Uh, Some of them they have to transform into their samurai forms, and then they have giant boobs because, you know, games. Um, It's very fun. So what we're saying is you're sexist. I'm not sexist. Yep. I just like like attractive anime girls. Is there something wrong with that? Yes. You're a terrible human being. Oh. I guess it can't be helped. Yeah. What other games have you been playing? I saw you were playing... uh, uh gungeon dungeon or something yeah uh, i i got gun uh, enter the gungeon because i've been watching some people play it and uh it's pretty much just like a lot of things that i love tied together it's an indie bullet hell shooter dungeon crawler thing it's like if the binding of isaac was a twin stick shooter with like good controls instead of the like really limited shit that it has and it's also a bullet hell oh okay see i don't like bullet hells everything else sounds interesting i don't like bullet hells yeah it's very like the the screen has lots of bullets on it and you have to just be careful about how you get through everything but it's i i think it's easy enough to pick up that even people who don't necessarily like bullet hells can still have a good time with it. And it's so cheap. Oh, is it like, yeah, it's like, it's, I think it's 10 or $15. Your 10 or $15. But yeah, it's, it's been a good time. (laughs) And also, uh, the pseudo sequel, not exactly just next game from the, uh, people that made honey pop. Right. Which, um, that, that I've been, I got, and it's, um, that one really is cheap. That one's like eight bucks, and it's just a, it's like a clicker kind of game. Oh, like cookie clicker or something like that? It's along those lines, but there's actually like a a degree of strategy to it because you have a limited amount of time to get as many points as you can, and there's, like, you have to manage... Uh, different girls and have them doing things for you while you're clicking on things to reduce time or collect resources. Um, it's kind of like a like a cookie clicker style game mixed with a with a management sim. Um, it's really it's really cartoony uh, compared to Honey Pop. It's not a dating sim. There's no nudity or anything, so uh, that's a lot more stream friendly. For example. 
That's good. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun time. And is that everything you've been playing? Have I played anything else? Oh! Uh, I played some of uh, Western Dark Souls. What's it called? Uh, I know so what you're talking about. The Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, I heard it's bad. Um, it's not as good as Dark Souls. It kind of misses some of the good points of Dark Souls and has some pretty bad design in some areas. But considering it was the free Xbox game last month, uh, I'm not complaining too much. That's good. Yeah, uh, it's like... I'm not sure if I'm bad at the game or if it's just badly designed sometimes. Because, uh, like, the it has the same kind of system... In, like in uh, Dark Souls, where the more uh, the heavier equipment that you have, the slower you are. Right. But it breaks it down into like three distinct movement speeds, and it's kind of like once That's... you get uh, once you get to a certain point, uh, like level three of of slowness, it's like your dodge roll becomes completely useless, and that would be okay, but blocking is almost always useless anyway. So it doesn't really balance out that well. But I'm not very far along, so maybe it maybe it gets a little deeper. But it kind of seems like the game is designed around you being uh, high agility to to like mid agility character. Um, but at least from from what I can tell, and also I've read that. Uh, the stat that keeps you from getting knocked back, which is like the only benefit of being huge and bulky is that you never get knocked back. Yeah. Uh, that apparently is just, it's dead. If you play new game plus like all the enemies are so hardcore buffed that it is a useless stat that no amount of equipment can actually improve to where it's useful again. Oh, so that's, that's kind of dumb. That's fun. Yeah. I, so. nothing else then. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I've been playing Rocket League, which you never play with me. I never play it at all. So. It's such a fun game. It is. I'm not denying that. Why don't you just... every When I'm playing, you should hop on and play with me. I should. But no, you're a bad person. Yeah. Okay, uh, going on from there, I have also played uh, Final Fantasy IX. Because it got released on the PC, and I love that game. So I played a few, a couple hours of that yesterday. Oh, that was the Final Fantasy that. Oh, yeah, people were posting about that because there's one girl that's wearing like this outfit. It's like a, it's like a hooded coat thingy, but it looks like uh, it's got like Ridge Racer uh, color pattern to it, and it's really silly. Uh, you mean the white the white mage outfit? Yes. Gee. But it's a white mage outfit. Like that's. I'm just saying it looks like Ridge Racer uh, colors. It's not. It's it's White Mage. Like, White Mage, man. It's red and white, and the red is triangles, which is exactly like Ridge Racer. But it's been like that. That This game was seriously released, like, 16 years ago. 17 um, years ago. Uh, I mean, Ridge Racer... But Ridge Racer was around... What I'm saying is you think people would be making these comments 16 or 17 years ago. You'd think. 
I mean, nobody else says it. But I, I just noticed. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Well, people just posted like an FMV with the character, and I was like, oh, hey. She yeah. looks like the fucking Ridge Racer chick with that on. I like, uh, so I like the game, but it's glaringly obvious that it is a scaled up version of a PS1 game. Because so it looks like shit? No, no, no. It looks good. Like you, but like the first scene where Vivi walks into Alexandria, uh-huh. which is, which is one of the first scenes. Shut up. Uh, Vivi is a main character. So you can like his sprite or his polygon thing you can tell is like really well detailed for the PS1 and mm. everything else is shit. <laughs> everything. And you're like, "Hmm, I wonder what they focused on here." <laughs> so, I mean, it would have looked fine 17 years ago, but now you're kind of getting you're just scaling up a PS1 game. So, it looks way better than it did on the ps1 but it still has those little flaws also it only runs at 30 frames a second doesn't go to 60 frames a second which is fine however the cutscenes only run at 15 frames a second (laughs) and there's a reason for that i mean the playstation couldn't really put anything out like for a a scene like that they couldn't put out more than 15 frames a second aren't they just pre-rendered video yes so i mean i guess i guess that makes sense just from a storage perspective right so it only runs at 15 frames a second i personally would have liked if they would have at least reworked it and made it six or 30 frames a second but oh they would have had to have essentially re-rendered all the cutscenes at that point yeah but i mean looking at it i'm like huh. even i could tell that it was a little off <laughs> and i I really am not a stickler for 30 or 60 frames a second. As long as it's smooth, like, as long as it's consistent, yeah, I 15, really don't mind. 15 is not smooth at it's, all. It's very consistent. It's very consistently for 15 frames a second, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's very, it's kind of choppy. I still love the cutscenes. Um, they, the cutscenes are beautiful for the, uh, for the PlayStation. It, they were... I believe the best cutscenes, like graphics-wise, that the PlayStation could do. Yeah, so, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like nine. So yeah, it is. Uh, in my opinion, is the best Final Fantasy game for the PlayStation. Above Better Final, than- above Final Fantasy VII. I mean. From what I've seen of seven, that doesn't seem like that big of, a, of an accomplishment. So, <laughs> and eight wasn't very good. Supposedly, uh, yeah. Eight was okay, but it wasn't great. Anyway, uh, what other game? Oh, Rust. I've also been playing a little bit of Rust, basically because I uh, was that cloud at cost thing that you and I both have. I was mm-hmm. able to finally get a Windows server ready. They just allow you to make a Windows server now. Like, you don't have to purchase uh, like, any of the big ones. You just make a Windows server. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, but if you upgrade, from what I hear, if you upgrade it, it starts ask, act, asking you to activate it. Yeah. So, don't upgrade it. But, so I, I made a Rust server. It's called Reet and Entertainment under the Community tab. And we'll talk about that here 
uh, we're, we're going to kind of transition into a news story. So Rust recently, and they've been saying they're going to do this for a long time, is they're yeah. going to make your character model based off your Steam ID. Now, this is not your name. This is not like my name's Reeton and your name's whatever, Roa or whatever. It mm. is uh, your Steam ID, which is like a background thing. So after you make your account, it's a random number that's generated for you only. Yep. And you can find your Steam ID by going into the console and looking it up. But Rust has had put an algorithm in where it will randomly choose your character based on your Steam ID, which I think is cool. However, lots of people are complaining because they just added in female character models. So a bunch of people who had male characters before now have female characters with nice big titties. Well, I mean, they have like bees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not huge titties, but they have titties. Yep. And no hair. I, I don't know why none of the character models have hair. Yeah. Actually, that was a long silence. <laughs> I guess it's, I was thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, I guess they don't do they? Yeah. So no, none of the character models at all have any hair. So even the girl characters, all of them are bald, but that's whatever. Uh, I mean, it's more than likely just because their artists haven't had time to add hair. Like they've been focusing on actual gameplay things yeah that makes sense i mean i don't really care but because the last thing i care about especially in a first person shooter or a first person game is the way my character looks yeah and i i never really understood like in mmos i've had friends who and and i think you do it too will always create female characters yeah. Now, why do you create female characters? Um, it's a combination of, uh, I think, women's designs and games are just more appealing than men's. Um, and also, I mean, if it's an anime-style game, I just, you know, I'm a perv, really. <laughs> it, also, like, in, in certain games, when it's like... Uh, well, like Mitomo, uh, I'm a girl in Mitomo, and my me is a girl, and that's honestly just because like I can, I like women's clothing more than I do men's clothing. It's it just gives me more variety to go with. So, uh, Oroa, are you gonna come out and tell us something on this podcast? Uh, I've I've thought about it for a long time, and <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not secretly a girl. So, dang it! I thought you maybe you're a transvestite. No, I uh, actually had a dream uh, like that one time, and that's what made me realize that, no, uh, I am indeed supposed to be male. That's just, that is what is in my genetics. Oh, so. okay. But, so I so I personally don't care about this. It's, I, I've always just created male characters just because I don't really care, because a lot of people use the... Uh, justification of well i don't want to be staring at a guy's ass for 200 hours and i'm like dude it's a fucking video game yeah why <laughs> are you cares? staring at your character's ass yeah like that's just weird why yeah are you weird? so but so i always just made male characters i didn't really care but my my character in rust is a female 
and yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh, I I give no shits what whatsoever. Yeah, because I don't, I don't I don't get that. It's a like, first it's a first person game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to be seeing my character other than when I go and put clothes on her. Yeah, especially in Rust, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to really care because, like, especially if you're going from from that argument that you just mentioned, where it's like, "Well, I don't want to stare at a guy's ass," because, like, in in the inventory menu, until you get pants, you're, you're looking at a dick if you're a male. Yeah. So, like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, if if it's if it's a situation where people are complaining that they're pl- they're forced to play as a girl, like, what? Why do you want to look at cock, huh? Yeah, and but, and I read months ago. We're not actually we don't have a a link for this story. This is just something that's been floating around the internet. Yeah, but I just they they said for months that they wanted you to not have character customization because. They, A, wanted to do experiments. They basically wanted to say, hey, if we make, you know, males and females in the game and they're randomly generated, will, like, will women get ganked more than guys? You know, stuff like that. They wanted to run experiments to see stuff like that. And also, they wanted you to not have any choice, which is something I really like. Yeah, it it fits with the original idea in the game, which is just that you you are born in the game just create it out of nothing and you just go at it like you don't really get to decide anything beforehand you yeah. deal with what you deal with the hand that's dealt you well kind of like in real life like i didn't choose to be five foot six like i i wish i was like six foot five but i'm five foot six and i have no real control over that the most i could do is go to russia and have them break my legs for three months and maybe get three inches taller yeah. Like, that's the most I could do. And that would cost thousands of dollars and lots of pain that I'm not going to go through. I mean, if the money's the problem, I can break your legs. Like, that's no, that's no big. Uh, I'm good. Because okay. you're not a doctor. No, but I mean, I'll break your legs. That's, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to be a doctor to break somebody's legs over and over again. But do you know, but do you know how they do it? Uh, I believe, uh, don't they, they break them? And then they pull the bones apart just a little bit so that it fills in with scar tissue, and then they break them again. Yeah. And they just kind of do that until you well, get... Well, it's not scar tissue. The, the bone grows yeah, back. Yeah, Yeah, but it's it's weaker than actual, like, bone. Yeah. It's so, bone scar tissue for yeah, whatever the hell it's called. So the bone starts growing back, and before the bone can grow back and actually connect, they pull it apart a little bit more. Oh, okay. And then allow it to keep doing that. And then once it actually does heal all the way, they break it again, I believe, in a different part of the of the bone and do the same thing. And the most you can end up getting is like three inches taller. And that is not something I'm interested in. Yeah. I, I The only reason I even know about that was it was talked about on an episode of fucking like CSI or something. Right. It is either CSI or Law and Order and there was uh I don't know what the hell they're called a, a little person Midget. on there. Yeah, and they they were like his legs have been broken like 
multiple times. Yeah. And that's... They and did... They, they were like, d- yeah. I think what you mean is dwarves. Yeah. Uh, they actually, in, you know, years upon years ago, they don't really do it now, from what I understand. At least in the United States. Uh, there for a while, they would want the little people to become taller, so they would break their bones to try to make them a, just a few inches taller, which is... Yeah, they, yeah that's what um, yeah. they, they mentioned. That it was like, it's just a thing that some people go through whenever they really want to be just a little taller. Yep. But, it so really what's... That much. What is your character in Rust? Um, the last I checked, I'm just a... I'm, I'm like a almost black guy. But how how long ago was that? I, it was before female models were added. So yeah, because my guy, my my, I had a guy, I had a guy before. It was obviously a guy, and right. I logged in. And now it's a female. So you should go check right now. Right now, do it. Look for the Reeton Entertainment server. <laughs> I will do it. Uh, and and after while I clear this floor. Okay. Well, I hate you. <laughs> while we do that. We're going to switch topics and talk about more uh, actually awesome stuff. Not going with breaking legs. Mapping the brain. Oh, it's cool shit, yeah. Yeah, it's cool shit. Uh, Your first comment was, what was it? Uh, Something about the Rock Band controller they chose to use. Yes. Which was apparently a bad controller. Yes. But that doesn't really matter. So... (laughs) Uh, I'll just read a little bit of the article. It's down below. It's from The Atlantic. Uh, it says, On June 13th, 2010, college freshman Ian Burkhart was goofing off in the ocean with his friends. Uh, he, So basically, let me summarize this. He dove in headfirst, thought that the water was deeper than it was, ended up breaking his neck. Oh. Became paralyzed. Oh, don't dive in headfirst. Yeah, that was stupid. I mean, at least... Just a fair warning, if you're going to dive in somewhere, make sure it's deep enough that you can dive in without hitting your head. Yeah. Apparently, my friend's uncle died that way. So, Hmm. uh, basically, for the last six years, he hasn't been able to move his legs, his arms, anything below his neck. uh, Because he had broken the spinal cord that took the signal from your brain and sent it down to his limbs. So the the signals work. His brain's working fine. And his arms and stuff are like all the nerves are there. Like they're working fine. But there's no signal going to the arms. Right. So what researchers have done, and it took months and months and months. I'm not, it might have taken a year or two. But what they have done is they found a way to map the brain. They basically put something in his brain or on his head, like a um, like an implant thing. And they would have him look at motions with his arm attached to these uh, signals. Like, his arm attached to these thingies. Great. I'm helping out a lot. So, basically, <laughs> they, would, they would map his brain while looking at these and say, okay, try to move your arm while seeing this motion so like clenching his fist they he wouldn't be able to clench his fist but his brain would still have the signals of trying to clench the fists and so they could see okay when he tries to clench his fist this part of the brain starts uh activating so they then put that those signals into a computer and now they have 
like an armband that they have wired up. So what they do is they wrap that around his, uh, wrap that around his arm, and now he has that implant going from his head to the computer to his arm, and he is now able to move his arm because that the there it's taking the signals from the brain putting it into the computer and the computer is feeding that signal into his arm so they have basically bypassed the spinal cord which is just fucking unbelievable and it's they've gotten to the point where it it doesn't look perfect did you watch the video no so there's a video that goes along with it um it's clumsy like it's not perfect but it's better than not being able to move your arm at all like when he tries to like he can he can grasp on like pencils and stuff and stir stuff but it's still kind of you know obviously in the prototype phase so it's not going to be as good as you or I are going to be at moving our arm or anything well yeah but still, it's pretty amazing that they're able to do this. And with more and more research into this, we may be able to get to the point where there is an implant basically hidden on your body, in your head. Maybe never maybe never fully hidden, but, you know, kind of like the, uh, the thing from the Matrix where they shove that thing in your head. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, may, maybe something like that where it's wireless or at small wires going either through your body or over your skin that would allow those electrical signals to go through and actually be able to move your arms and legs and get people who were once paralyzed to be able to walk again and and be able to live a somewhat normal life which is amazing i have to say uh what what did you think when you first read this um, well, I mean, it's one step closer to, uh, you know, being able to have robot bodies. So, yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah, that's the main thing that I uh, am concerned with. The, the more that we can map out the way that the brain interacts with the rest of our bodies, the more likely it is that we'll eventually be able to completely replace uh, entire limbs and whatnot with synthetic uh, materials that operate the exact same way that you, our bodies currently do. You which, just want to live forever. Yes. Um, and I also want Deus Ex in real life. Like, I want to I wanna have people that could feasibly punch through walls if they wanted to, you know. Um, and uh, this, is, this is just bringing us ever closer to that. Like, I love the short-term medical value uh, that comes with this, because... And they already have those synthetic limbs that that they basically they're they're like three print three D printed now, and they cost like three to five thousand dollars, and they you can move like your individual fingers if you want to and all that, and combining something like this that can actually you know connect directly into your brain and it understands all the the tiny movements that you're trying to, to make, like it just, it inches us closer to having full one-to-one control of a synthetic limb. Well, and the, and the problem with those, from what I understand is those cybernetic limbs actually attach to your nerves. 
somewhat. Yeah. And so it wouldn't work for somebody like Ian who had that cut off. Right. So I mean, this is this point, is better. To, yeah. And you'd you'd have to like if you, <laughs> the way that things currently worked, like you you'd have to just cut his entire arm off and then uh, replace it with a robot one, you know. Yeah, the, but, you cut everything but his head off and <laughs> uh I am just really this is good for him. Obviously, he's not going to be jumping into the ocean anytime soon. No, I'd hope not. But he does keep saying that he really wants to take this home and try to get a little bit of independence there. And yeah. I was reading the comments and everyone's like he just wants to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's possible. I mean, it's I, very possible, but I mean, if if the problem is uh, if he's not able to sign signals to his brain, yeah, I don't, I don't think he can have an erection. Yeah, probably not. That would be something that they would have to wire up. You you turn my dick back on, <laughs> please, please, please. please. <laughs> uh, so I mean that it sucks. He's only twenty four and he's paralyzed. Yeah, just because he made one stupid mistake. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're able to to do this. Right now it looks really like if you look at the picture there at the top, the thing that's wired to his arm is really clumsy and and I'm Very going bulky. yeah I'm going to imagine that they can make this in you know probably ten years or so. Oh, w without a doubt, the way that because the the only reason that stuff like this is ever is as bulky as it is is just because they have to fucking put it together by hand and it they're just um, testing it yeah yeah if they can manage to make this like just a fully functional thing like they'd be able to mass produce these things for hospitals and whatnot and yeah. be tiny comparatively well and thinking about it they they have one person that they've they've done this with so far which is Ian. exactly yeah uh they're going to need at least a dozen more, probably way more test subjects. Oh, the the this will go into testing for for years before uh, before it ever becomes released as like a product of right. any sort. Because you you want to make sure that everyone's brain works the same, basically. Yeah. And Be hopefully, whenever they do testing on it, they'll give them like a world tour guitar or something <laughs> instead of an explorer. Well, you know what you should do? You, ha them. you have an extra one. Just send them that and be like, hey, you should use this. It's <laughs> way better. Just just don't make them use that one. The buttons, they're rectangular, and they don't go to the edge of the guitar. It's painful. <laughs> it's painful to play in the guitar. Like, stop. Well, he doesn't know. He can't feel his arm. He can't. F oh, yeah, I guess he wouldn't. Yeah. Man, how the hell does that work? Like you can't feel it but you can move it? That must might be when you, like when you have dead arm. Yeah, but like oh man, I don't even how it's, could you possibly live that way? I don't know. But you know what would really work for this guy cuz he's only able to use his head. Yeah. So, he might be perfect for the Oculus. Yeah. Or the Is HTC a, Vive. That's your that's your uh Hey, that's not the worst segue I've ever had. Yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> bad at all. Yeah. Uh, so HTC Vive and the Oculus, if you don't know, they are virtual reality thingies. Yeah, Heads headsets. 
That's what it is. So virtual reality headsets that allow you to play certain games in virtual reality. I'm not interested right now in either of them because none of the games that are out for them are really that interesting to me except for maybe Mirror's Edge. Also, they're $600-$800. So, the HTC Vive has a bunch of games on it and the Oculus has a bunch of games on it. People have been modding the Oculus games to work with HTC Vive software or hardware. Uh, So... You were the one who brought this up, so you talk about it. Well, I mean, it's not that complicated. Basically, people are uh, they're they're just people making uh, hacks that uh, allow HTC uh, Vive to play games that are supposedly exclusive to the Oculus Rift. Um, people are mad because basically they're getting fucked. Uh, because they didn't pick the the right headset for, yeah. for for that developer, which I think is uh, I agree is bullshit. Like, uh, no, it's not. What? It's not bullshit. It's not bullshit. No, because you can legally do whatever you want with your software or hardware. No, no, no. I don't mean it's bullshit for the har- for the hackers to be doing what they're doing. Oh, okay, okay. You kidding me, bro? Okay. Me? I I don't give a fuck about... No, I'm saying it's bullshit that Oculus is going to go, Hey, don't do that. Those are games that we we got exclusivity agreements with. It's like, yeah, because you fucking... You had to have something for your marketing to make yourself seem superior in some way. Like, it's the same bullshit that consoles have been doing since the fucking... Well, really, primarily the 360... Um, like they try to pull that shit now, but it's always like a timed exclusive and every fucking Xbox one game ends up on PC, but it's the except same for Halo, deal. except for Halo, which I don't even fucking care, but I like Halo. It. Anyway, it go on. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's people going, yeah, we want to play it on the headset that has full room VR though. So they hack it up and it, it works. And Oculus is like, we don't condone this. They're, the games could easily get updated and it'll break the hacks. So that's just how it's going to be. And like, people are mad about that fact, which right. they should be. So, so, the Ocu- so basically, as I was saying earlier, which apparently I misunderstood your point, uh, ever since the Nintendo... The regular Nintendo. So the regular Nintendo had the Game Genie. And Nintendo of America got really mad at the Game Genie because they were saying that it was... Nintendo was basically saying that they were hacking the game and that Nintendo should own the rights to the game and that it should be illegal for you to hack the game. And the courts in America decided, hey, you're wrong, Nintendo. They bought the game. They physically own it. They can do whatever they want with the game. Which mm-hmm. is why we are on the side of the people who are hacking this. Because they legally have the right to do whatever they want with the software that they or hardware that they buy. Because later on, in the 2000s, uh, do you remember, you know who GeoHots is? Yeah. So, I George Hots. That whole thing. Yeah, George Hots, honestly, he's a genius. Like, 
something sometimes I see videos of him and I want to punch him in the face because he's kind of a jerk. But um he's a very, very smart guy. And so George Hotz was the first one who was able to jailbreak an iPhone. And of course, Apple sued because he shouldn't be able to do that. And of course, George Hotz won because he owned the hardware. So we had the case in the early 90s with the software and Nintendo with the court saying, okay, you can do whatever you want with the software you own. And in the 2000s, we have people saying, okay, you can do whatever you want with the hardware you own. And so what they're doing with the software and hardware with the Oculus and HTC Vive is perfectly legal. So Oculus, the people who are making the Oculus should just uh, quit their bitching. And also, just uh, another thing with uh, George Hotz, um, he was actually, uh, he had the same thing happen with the uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 3. 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in that case, uh, they decided, look, uh, everyone just shut up. Uh, Geo Hotz doesn't get to have a PS3 anymore. And um, Sony, Sony just has to leave him alone. And now he works at, like, Google or Facebook. I can't remember which one. Does he? Yes. I know that he made his own self-driving car. That doesn't surprise me. The guy's a fucking genius, without a doubt. But Oh, yeah. yeah, He, he, um, after the whole PS3 debacle, he was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Um, I'm going to try to stick to more uh, legal things. Well, well, he was, everything he was doing was legal. Uh, because he owned the hardware, so he was able to do whatever he wanted with it. But he just didn't want to get sued for things that were legal. Yeah. Basically. So, yeah, you brought this up. So the Oculus, do you, are you going to get the Oculus or the Vive? Well, I'm currently saving up for the Vive. Uh, I want to get it by the end of the year. Uh, eventually, I'm, I'm sure... That I'll end up getting both, uh, right? It, in 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 eventuality, but my go is with the Vive. I think that it ha- it started out uh, with those controllers, which means that developers are going to build their games around those controllers. It has full room, the uh, v- uh, full room VR, uh, full room VR. But I'm saying like track tracking. It right. knows where where you are in like up to a like a fifteen by fifteen foot space, right? Uh, like it, there's there's so much more going on with it that I can't say that the like I'm not gonna say that the Oculus is unimpressive because it's it's amazing, um, but at the same time I can't say that it that the Oculus has anywhere near the potential that the Vive has. The only thing the Oculus has going for it is its timed exclusive bullshit and the amount of marketing that it's had comparatively. Which right. there are still so many people out there that don't even know that either one exists or what VR even is that I think that that whole deal is just going to come down to whichever one ends up being the strongest contender uh, right. at, after like a year or two. Yeah, I... uh 
I think that they honestly, I just think the price point, the Oculus might win out. That Be- that and, too. And and it, like I don't have enough room to have the Vive. Yeah. Like I don't have enough room to be able to walk around and have the Vive track me and everything. And Maybe, there are a lot of people that have said that, like right. that the Oculus is just better for uh, bachelors, um, like college students, uh, or just people who live in a fucking apartment, like that don't have. I think the the smallest space that you can that you can possibly play in has to be like six by six. Why and it's it's similar to uh, the Connect, yeah. In, in a way, yeah, and yeah. It like my old room was pretty much the size of a small apartment, a living room, and yeah, there was no way that I would have been able to play like uh, Vive games in there. Right. Uh, now that I have a house, sure, I don't have any problem with it. But yeah, if I was still living like with my parents, totally, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have an Oculus right now because I wouldn't have rent. Right. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, definitely if, if with, with, with people that are choosing between the two, the, the Oculus has that advantage with the price point. And there are going to be a lot of people that aren't going to look at the future where they're going to release those touch controllers probably for at least $150. Yeah. Uh. Like, there, there, there's that, and they're saying that they're capable of full room tracking, but they haven't really said how, so I don't know how that's going to work. I'm wondering if it, if it'll be something where they sell another add-on piece of hardware. Yeah, it's going to be another, it's going to be a glove, and uh, it's going to be two gloves, and there's <laughs> going to be things on your TV on the top and the right side. Yep. And uh, it's going to be called the Power Gloves. Ah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have buttons on the, on the sides of the gloves. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good to me. So uh, let's, let's switch gears and talk about something bad. Um, okay. So there's an article written by Alex St. John. Do you know who Alex St. John is? Uh, not by name, no. So Alex St. John is the co-creator of DirectX Family of APIs and founder of Wild Tangent Games. So he's done some, like, he's a smart guy. Obviously, he's made stuff that's, uh, Wild Tangent is lame. It's just a, it's a lame, lame thing that goes with Yahoo, I believe. But, but but you know this guy's smart. He helps create DirectX, right? And he wrote a pretty lengthy article. But the gist of the article is that making video games isn't work. And mm-hmm. let let me. So basically, it goes it goes through and it says. Uh, the, the wage slave attitude exhibits itself in several tragic ways. I've known a lot of stupid self-made millionaires, really hundreds of them, and they're usually young as well. I'm talking about kids who made some of the worst games you can imagine and got rich accidentally, working in their parents' basement in Florida Everglades. It goes on and on and on. And, uh, let me see where exactly it gets all balls crazy. Uh... Sorry, I don't have this marked out. It says, making games 
is not a job, it's an art. You can't make fun on a schedule, under budget, on time with a bunch of people who are grumbling about what a miserable time they're having finishing a game. That's not to say there aren't good organized ways to produce games, but it will always still come down to the same thing. Great games are exclusively made by giving them everything you've got and more and then hoping it's enough. Uh, going on, it says... Uh, it's art. You need to be. You need to get an actual job producing productivity software if you want to be paid fairly and go home at 5 p.m. Anyone good enough to get hired to write games can get paid more to work on something else. If working on a game for 80 hours a week for months at a time seems strenuous to you, practice more until you become better at it. And that is just a bunch of fucking bullshit. I and mean, I can't tell you how many articles I've read from people who have made good games who have said that working for months on end uh, in crunch, which is what he's basically referring to, right? where, where you're working 80 hours a week. 60 to 80, yeah. Yeah. It, it, doing that for months on end, it kills the, pro- the productivity of everyone. Oh, yeah. It, so... It, the the fact of the matter is that if you're constantly working under crunch, then you have misbudgeted your time and you do not have enough resources because of your short-sightedness and that like it's a failure of management. Right. And, and that's it's not, not a failure. And that's not to say that there are times when you've sometimes you've got to work 60 hours a week. Like, Sometimes you've got to come in on days that you wouldn't normally come in. A perfect example of this is uh, what they call Dead Week, I believe, for uh, theater. So about the week, about a week or two before uh, a show goes on on to stage or whatnot, even in high school, same thing. You spend hours upon hours you know, studying your lines and and perfecting, making sure every single moment of that play or whatever you're doing, it's perfect. And that's kind of, you you kind of are like, okay, well, about a week or two before it comes out, I'm going to be working my ass off trying to make sure that this is perfect. But saying that you should do that for months at a time, that'll kill you. Yeah. Like, that's a uh, terrible idea. The entire reason I have a job where I'm working right now is because my boss would work for six, seven weeks at a time working 65 hours a week because he didn't have enough time during the day to be able to go into the server room and shut things down and get everything done that he needed to do and get computers ready for new people and set up phones and all this stuff. So he was working 65 hours a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then for about two or three weeks, you know, he would just be dog tired and, you know, work a normal 40 to 50 hours a week. And then he would pick it back up for another month or two where he was working 60 hours a week. And so he had to bring somebody in who could help him alleviate that. Sure, he works 60 hours a week every once in a while now, but because I'm there, he generally only works about 45 hours a week, and that's only because he waits about half an hour for everyone to leave before he goes, <laughs> before he actually goes home. So he doesn't have to deal with traffic. Right. And so you can't, like, this guy's argument is that 
it's not hard to sit there and push your mouse around and create a video game when it is really fucking hard to sit and create a video game and be creative when you're being pushed to work 80 hours a week. And it's and it's also a matter of like you're killing people's at home lives, you're you're fucking up their work life balance and you're making them hate you. Yeah. And basically what this guy is is getting at is that he only wants to hire people who are willing to sacrifice everything about their lives for his sake. Right. And like that's just everything that's wrong with with the way that America does things with work and not just America. Like Japan has that kind of thing too. Um, like a lot of people got freaked out about how I think it was Konami or something was treating their employees and Capcom. I like, thought. Oh, was it Capcom? It might it have was, been. I don't it know. It, it, yeah, could have been either but, one. But the people were like, "This is this is inhumane. You can't just have people working this much." And uh, people who are actually familiar with Japanese like work culture were saying, "Now this is." Pretty normal, honestly. Yeah. And, yeah, that doesn't make it okay. No. Either. Like, just because you're willing to accept it doesn't mean that it's an, it's an acceptable thing. And, and, and uh, other countries, other countries are changing, like, so back in the day, uh, back when I was a kid, no, in, like, the early 1900s, they typically worked 10-hour days and six yeah. days a week. And, yep. and they just, the unions got together and were like, yeah, so uh, we're not going to have you do this anymore. And so they cut, uh, they were able to cut it down from six days a week to five days a week, and then from 10 hours a day to eight hours a day. And they noticed produ- productivity went up mm-hmm. because people were awake and <laughs> actually, you know, happy to be, happy to be there and doing their jobs because they were actually kind of you know morally happy they had a yeah they had a work-life balance yeah and so what germany has been doing is they have cut it from eight hours a day to six hours a day yeah that's what i was gonna bring up if you didn't yeah and they've seen productivity go up or maintain or be at the same level and so you don't need to be working eight ten hours a day you need to be working enough to get your job done Mm-hmm. And that's what I think this guy's problem is, is that, yeah, you said that there was a management issue. Yes, there's a management issue, and they need to be either hiring more programmers to help alleviate that load uh, or extending the debt. We hate it. We hate it when it happens. Delaying the game. Yeah. Like, it, it comes down to, like, why do you, why does he think that so many indie games, because he specifically mentions that there are indie games where it's like, oh, I'm accidentally a multi-millionaire. Well, it's like, yeah, that happens because they had no deadline. They had nothing working against them. They were just doing something. And that's what, that's what makes good games is people giving a shit about their job. And if you, if you force them to work for 80 hours a week, for months on end, they're not going to enjoy their job anymore and they're going to hate you and they're going to hate this game that they're putting out. Right. And just like, like specifically picking people that are immune to that. Sure. I guess that works for you, but that doesn't, that, that still makes you just a bad person. <laughs> how many, how many people are going to be able to do that though? How many people are going to be able to 
work eighty it, hours a week. I I don't have a life, but I, I couldn't do the, that. I don't know if it's necessarily a question of how many people are would be able to do that. It's a matter of how many people would be able to do that in a long in the long term. And I don't think there's many, if if like any, people really. Especially uh, when these especially when these people are paid salary. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that. Um, that's how I ended up being salaried at my job was because I was working over 60 hours a week and they just didn't want to pay me overtime anymore. So now, they put me on salary. Did they adjust it though? Uh, adjust what? So when my, when my boss got put on salary, he was working 60 hours a week and they're like, okay, we're going to put you on salary and make you a manager. I guess he was already a manager. He was like the head of his department, but he wasn't a manager. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we're going to put you on salary. And so they adjusted his income monthly based on, okay, well, we notice you, wor- you typically work this many hours a month. So we're going to adjust it so you're making about the same amount of money. So he's getting paid like his, a little bit of his overtime as well. Yeah, that's, um, that is what they did for me because okay. hey, that's, that's what you would usually do. It's, it's just so that they don't have to repetitively pay me overtime and have to report that because overtime, having somebody that has that up much overtime, I think creates problems with HR and it's taxed more. Yeah. That that's, that's probably what the big deal is. Yeah. So I am, a. I I would not mind working eight hours a week every once in a while just because, money. you know, money. It would be nice. <laughs> like, and I my and, job uh, is so yeah. Your job isn't that bad either. No, it's. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Have you logged into Rust yet? Uh, I did. Your server isn't there. Uh, did you check the community tab? Yep. I, Reiten I searched, Entertainment. One word. I searched for Reiten and there was nothing there. Uh, I'll check it up after this. So. Anyway, uh, we're pretty much done for the day. It was a kind of a short podcast, almost an hour though, almost an hour. Uh, I thank you for being here, Ro. No, not really a problem most of the time. So, and uh, I thank you for being here, Reeton. No, oh, no problem. It's awesome, awesome being here. And I will uh, talk to you next week. Oh, uh, remember, uh, I forgot. I almost forgot to whore myself. <laughs> almost. So you can follow me on everything's written so twitter at written twitch written uh youtube is written uh you can go on my server written entertainment uh capital r capital capital e uh and then it'll show up under the community tab aroa i'll I'll try seeing if like you have to type out the whole have you have you tried searching for it yeah yeah Again, you just type in like R E E and then it's there. Reeton, typically, yeah. Uh, you might have to type in whole all Reeton Entertainment, um, and then you get Aroa. You can follow him on Twitter at Aroa, and then Twitch is Aroa, and then YouTube is Aroa one three three seven. Twitch is also Aroa one three three seven. Okay, so the only one that's Aroa is your Twitter. It is my Twitter, yeah. Oh, see, I had it backwards. I thought the only one that was Aroa one three three seven was. Your YouTube. Nope. Oh, one day. And then uh, Connor changed his his Twitter to Cyberpunk Monk. Yeah, because he's on a he's on like a really weird um, Shadowrun kick right now. Yeah, I like Shadowrun, but whatever. 
So anyway, follow us on on those little links that we mentioned. You can find Aroa pretty much anywhere. Uh, if if you can't find him, put one three three seven afterwards. Yeah, I'm, seriously. If you like go on a social network, you'll probably find me. There yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that's why I'm I found Instagram. him. Oh, you're. I don't. I don't do Instagram. I don't really either, but I'm there. And uh, thank you. And and uh, leave a comment about any of the stories that we talked about today. The uh, the choosing your own gender in video games, or your brain prosthetic allowing a man proth- prosthetic. Yeah, allowing a paralyzed man to move his hand again, uh, the Oculus, or this game developer who thinks that working 80 hours a week is cool. Like, if you have any comments about any of that, mention it below. You can either, you can do it on soundcloud.com, uh, Reaton Entertainment's on there. You can go to reatonentertainment.com, and you can follow us on uh, iTunes, listen to us on iTunes, which I've had, I have one person who does that, that I know of. So if you if you do listen to us on iTunes and you have and you're subscribed to the podcast, give it a five out of five stars. Hey, you uh, know what? You know what I'll do? Huh? I'm I'm probably buying an iPhone this Friday. Oh, so, so I will uh, I will subscribe and give it five stars. Good. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.